Welcome to the Magic Valley Bible Church Sermon Podcast. Magic Valley Bible Church has been serving the Magic Valley for 20 years and is located at the corner of Gooding and Main Street in downtown Twin Falls, Idaho. Our service starts at 9 a.m. and is streamed live on our YouTube channel. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.mvbibletf.org or Facebook at facebook.com slash mvbible or YouTube at youtube.com slash mvbible. Magic Valley Bible Church, built on God's Word. There we go. Let's begin with a word of prayer. Father, we we again come and thank you for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. We're mindful of salvation, we're mindful of family, health, all kinds of things that we are grateful for. Even in the midst of trials, we praise you. We long for heaven, we long for eternity, and we desire, Lord, to give you praise as we're here on this earth, knowing that for eternity, we'll do the same. Be with our service this morning as we desire to give a concert of praise, Father, just to praise you for all the things that you have and are doing in our lives, and so we thank you for that. We love you. Be with your preacher. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. I say it's a joy to gather this morning in a special service. This is the time where the preacher really shuts up and allows the people to just arise with praise of the goodness and kindness of God in their life. But before we go there, I kind of want to give you just a little bit of an exhortation from the text of scriptures. And I remember this section of scriptures when I was reading my Bible reading throughout the year. It's kind of a unique place in a sense where we think about Thanksgiving and especially for God's people. You and I both know that it is required of you and me to, to, to praise him. It is something that, that once we're redeemed, that, that's our natural default. We are a people who are thankful. And there's much to be thankful for when you think about the attributes and the, the mightiness and the goodness of God, where we sing praise, where we exalt him. By the way, this is throughout the scriptures. I think of passages such like as 1 Thessalonians 5 where it says, Rejoice always, and in everything give thanks in Christ Jesus, for this is God's will for your life. I think of the Psalms that are saturated with a call to praise God and his attributes. And then I think about the passage that I want you to look at briefly with me. In 1 Chronicles, a narrative, a historical book where the nation of Israel, in light of understanding where they were and what, what God has been doing with them, were exalted to praise God. So take your Bibles and open to 1 Chronicles chapter 16. 1 Chronicles chapter 16. As you turn there, I want to give you a little bit of context of why there is a fair amount of scriptures and a call to, to give praise. It is a psalm, which means that they were singing this. They were commanded to sing these things. And I think that, it would, like you say, it kind of just arised out of their own heart. But all this is to be a, a primer to, to, to get our hearts thinking about the goodness and kindness of God. 
you know anything about First and Second Chronicles, you know that it is a narrative following the history of Israel. It was written 450 years before the incarnation of Christ, definitely deep into the, the historical aspect of Israel itself. It's roughly about 500 years after King David's reign, the glory years of Israel, and it gives the history of God's unfolding redemption from Adam to Babylon captivity. What's interesting to me is that when you read First and Second Kings and First and Second Samuel, and particularly First and Second Chronicles, you, you you get some of the repeated nature of what's happened in the nature of Israel. Scholars are right to point out that about fifty percent of what is written in First and Second Chronicles can be found in First and Second Kings and First and Second Samuel. But there's about fifty percent that is new material, things for us to consider, things to, to look at. And like I say, this book was a reminder was a reminder of the goodness and the kindness of God as he displayed his attributes in the nation itself. It was a reminder for them too, as they come back from Babylonian captivity to remind themselves that God is still sovereign and that he is in control. And though humbled by the judgment of God, by being led to captivity, they come back to a place where, where the temple is destroyed where their prominence is, is no more. No doubt they were having to, to lick their wounds as they, as they come back to their homeland. And they were reminded of the glory and the goodness of God. But no matter how bleak it looked, This is to remind them of God's faithfulness, and I think that's what we need in this day and age, especially when things go kind of haywire and and, and life seems to be spinning out of control and, and things are not going our way, at least the way that we want it. It's a great reminder for us to understand of God's faithfulness in the past, knowing that God's faithfulness in the past is the foundation of his faithfulness in the future. He doesn't change. And that's exactly what he tells the nation of Israel. That I am your God, and I will not change. The covenant that I cut with your your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, David, they will come to pass. And so here we find ourselves in 1 Chronicles 16, it was a time of David's reign to bring the Ark of the Covenant back to, to Israel. And, and they're reminded of these glory days, these days where Jesus, God, was on his throne. And the people rejoiced. And so here we have, in the context of what's going on, they were reminded of God's kindness in the reign of King David's life. David is king, like I said, he's, he's built a house for himself. He's prepared a tent for the Ark of the Covenant, a tabernacle, a place where the dwelling of God resided. In effect, they were saying that this is God in our midst, and they're wanting to worship him, and they're establishing priorities, wanting his presence and his care, and, of course, his guidance and his power. They brought the ark of God and placed it inside the tent, which David had, like I say, pitched for its purposes. 
And when David had finished offering a burnt offering, he, he, he gathers the people and he, he literally assembles all the musicians. This is what leads up to this great song that we find ourselves in starting in verse 8. And it's best to look at this psalm of thanksgiving as into three sections. They're distinct, each one of them a little bit different, but yet they have one object of focus. That, of course, being God himself. Each section begins with commands to praise. Often, it would be followed up with responses of why you praise. Section 1 runs from verse 8 through 22, and it starts with 10 imperatives, 10 commands. Follow along as I read this great psalm. Starting in verse 8, it says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, speak of all his wonders. Glory in his holy name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Seek the Lord in his strength. Seek his face continually. Remember his, his wonderful deeds, which he has done his marvels, and the judgments from his mouth. Oh, give thanks. Ten imperatives, give thanks, call upon his name, make known his deeds, sing to him praises, speak of all of his wonders, commands from the heart, seek the Lord, seek his face, and remember his wonderful deeds. When you think about it, these exhortations, these imperatives, is, is what we do every Sunday morning as we gather. Imperatives to worship, to sing of the great and the goodness and the kindness of God. And when you think about it, those imperatives are what underlined why we even celebrate Thanksgiving in the first place. There are many occasions in our lives that we stop and take, take notice of the kindness and goodness of God. Where we say, that is God, and only he's the one that can do those type of things. To extol him. To give him honor. To worship him. This exactly what should happen every Thanksgiving occasion. Not only on a particular day in November, but every day of the week when you think about all that God is doing in your life. And if you need any impetus to, to why you should praise him, starting in verse 13, the writer gives reasons. Look at verse 13. He says, O seed of Israel, his servant, son of Jacob, his chosen ones, reminding of the election and the kindness of God to choose and make Israel a nation. Verse 14, he is the Lord, of, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Speaking about his sovereignty and his goodness. Verse 15, remember his covenant forever. The word which he commanded to a thousand generations. The covenant which he, he made with Abraham and his oath to Isaac, he also confirmed it to Jacob for a statute to Israel as an everlasting 
covenant. Those things are sweet when you think about when things are going well, when praise are, are easy to flow off your lips. But in the difficulties of life, sometimes we, we are forgetful people. Our God doesn't change. He is the same God that was yesterday, today, and forever. And so this is a reminder of singing and telling the people that, listen, God is on his throne, he's sovereign, and he doesn't change. He doesn't change. Verse 18, saying to you, I will, I will give the land of Canaan as the portion of your inheritance. And they were, were only a few in number very few and strangers in it. And they wandered about the nation to nation, and from one kingdom to another, he permitted no man to oppress them. And he did reprove kings for for their sake, saying, do not touch my anointed ones, and do my prophets no harm. Just reason after reason after reason to give him praise and say thank you. First section of this this psalm, this song of, of thanksgiving is a song of reminding us of the, of the attributes of God, the kindness of God. The second section begins in verse 23, and it begins with some of the same commands, an imperative to, to praise the Lord. Look at verse 23. It says, sing to the Lord all the earth. Get this, proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. If there's ever a group of people that are going to praise about the mighty name of Jesus Christ are those who have been saved and redeemed by God in his grace. It is you and I who have understood the significance of of why Christ went to the cross and why he died and why he rose and why you are saved. Sing to the Lord. Proclaim good tidings of his salvation from day to day. Tell of his glory among the nations, his wonderful deeds among all peoples. Verse 25, for great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He also is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. In other words, he is the only living God. Splendor and majesty are are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. A song of just reflection of of all the goodness and kindness, but it doesn't stop there. There's more. There's more. It ends with a third stanza or a third section that comes in verse 28 and starts again with imperatives to remind us. And you wonder why. Why so many imperatives? Why so many commands? Because I think too often we think that, you know what, do we really have to? Well, yes, you have to. Matter of fact, you get to. You get to praise the Lord. And so you have this, these imperatives that continue to exhort the heart to look at the goodness and kindness of God and give him praise that he rightly deserves. And verse 28 kind of takes a turn. It starts out with these imperatives. Verse 28 says, Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord glory do his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in holy error. Tremble before him all the earth. Indeed, the world is firmly established. It will not be moved. This is where it starts to change, where he knows that creation is going to do. Why? Because God is the author of creation. He is, all of the earth is going to rejoice and give him glory. 
And so the song heads that way. It says, let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar and all it contains. Let the field exult and all that is in it. Then the trees of the forest will sing for joy before the Lord, for he is coming to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his loving kindness is everlasting. Three sections of imperatives, commands, reasons, and whys, and how great and awesome God is. All this crescendos to a, a place in verse 35 and 36. And he says this, then say, after understanding all that God is and all that he is doing and why we should praise him, then say, save us, God, of our salvation and gather us and deliver us from the nations to give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting even to everlasting. Then all the people said, Amen. And get what they do. You, you have this, this song of praise. You have this exhortation to do. You hear all the imperatives and commands. And in the end, it says, and the people, what? They praised the Lord. And that's our desire here this morning. Is, and for that matter, every day, is to wake up on any given day and to give him praise to shout of his goodness and his kindness, to, to look at, at life in such a way through the, through the eyes of the goodness and kindness of God. Yes, there are struggles in this life. Yes, there are trials in this life. But those are only temporal, beloved. They, they, they are fleeting. There is a God in heaven who, who reigns on high. There is a Savior in your soul that redeems your life. There is much for us to, to praise. And what a rejoicing that is. It's a great song. It's a great psalm of thanksgiving. It's a great reminder in the midst of life. And we're forgetful people at times. We're forgetful, and I think why they're so littered in the pages of Scripture is to be reminded of how good and kind God is. And so we're going to do that. Your pastor is going to pray, and then we're going to give you an opportunity to to stand up and to get yeah. you playing with buttons back there, son. Okay. <laughs> and so all we do, we have a couple men that are going to have some mics. All you got to do is, is raise your hand or stand up. We'll get the mics to you. But let us rejoice, let us praise, and let us give God all the glory. Amen? Father, we thank you for this morning and, and for the joy for a service such as this. We are called to be a people who speaks, who speak not only the salvation and the greatness of our God, but also who he is and what he's doing and what he's done. And so I pray, Lord, that your spirit will prompt your people, that they would arise from within the assembly here and stand and give you praise. We thank you for your hand. I, th I think of 
just the sheep that you have brought into our fold and, and just the many things that have happened and transpired over this last year. We weep with those who weep. We rejoice with those who rejoice. And yet we know with full surety that you are still on your throne and eternity awaits. But this day, let us in this place give you praise. And so we love you. And may you receive all the glory in what is going to be said. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Magic Valley Bible Church Sermon Podcast. For more information, please visit us on the web at www.mvbibletf.org or Facebook at facebook.com slash mvbible or YouTube at youtube.com slash mvbible.